So how do we get to the place where we look forward to our quiet times? Because I, th I think that that's the key to really being consistent with them is do we enjoy them? Do we look forward to them? We're gonna explore that together today. Hi everybody, I'm Joseph Walter and this is Loving Theology. You know, we're in a series right now um, talking about make room to be refreshed. And in this series, we started out last time by talking about the story of Moses. And I don't know if you've ever wondered this, but I've always wondered what led to Mount Sinai? What led to that incredible encounter that he had with God? What preceded it? What was necessary? What were sort of the ingredients? And honestly, one of the reasons why I'm curious is because I want to be able to duplicate that type of experience in my life where I get, you know, close to God, able to interact with him face to face as a man speaks to his friend, like it says in Exodus 33. And as I think about that, I, I took a look at the story, which is in Exodus 19. And then I thought, okay, what comes before this? What was in Exodus 18? And what we saw out of that last time was that Exodus 18 was filled with Moses's busyness, that Moses was busy doing things from morning to night. And what happened is that eventually his father-in-law came to visit Jethro and told him being busy isn't good. You need to make some room. You need to delegate some things here. You need to reduce some of the workload on you. You'll wear yourself out. And right after he does that, right after he takes that advice, we turn over to Exodus 19. And it's there that we encounter God on Mount Sinai. It's there that he gets to fill that space that he made in his life with God's presence. And I think that there's something to this that God is inviting us to our quiet times. But the problem is that whenever we're busy with things, that invitation starts to feel more like an obligation. That it doesn't really sound like something that we want to do, but it feels like something that we have to do. And we, we try to be consistent with it but it's hard to be consistent at doing something that you're not really looking forward to doing. So what I wanna to explore today is how do we transform our perspective? We, we talked last time about making room for this invitation, but now I wanna transform our perspective so that we're motivated to receive that invitation. We want to take God up on it because there really is something good for us in it. And we're gonna start by talking about the way that just like Jesus, whenever he came to this earth and he said, I came to serve, not to be served that that same thing that's true for him continues to be true today, that he continues to serve rather than to be served. And I think whenever we think about quiet times, like a place where we are serving God, I think, I, I think that we think about them wrongly. That the right way to think about quiet times is as a place where God serves us. And I know that that can sound selfish, but the reality is that we need his strength. And I want to start by exploring how this was actually true even in Jesus' life for the Father and the way that the Father served him in the place of prayer. You see, during Jesus' ministry, he was extremely active. He was going from place to place, healing and teaching so many people. But throughout all of this, Luke 5.16 tells us that he would often slip away to the wilderness to pray. You see, and we looked at one of those times in just the last series um, that we called His Final Hours, where we looked at the Garden of Gethsemane. And you see, it was in the Garden of Gethsemane where, the, where he was struggling right before he was going to be crucified. And he was looking to the Father for strength. And as he prayed to the Father, you know, not my will, but yours be done. But if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. That Hebrews tells us that his prayer was answered in that moment. And we obviously know that it wasn't answered by being uh, kept from the cross because Jesus did go to the cross. But the way that it was answered is explained in Luke whenever an angel was sent from heaven to strengthen him. And we saw in that story in that last series that whenever Jesus then goes back to tell the disciples 
you know, wake up, keep praying so that you don't enter temptation, that I think that we often read that story wrong. Because I think that we sometimes have a poor perspective around the benefit of quiet times and the role that quiet times serve in our lives as a place where we get strengthened, not as a place where we serve. That I think that sometimes when we read that story, we can think, Jesus, just leave them alone. You know, they're tired. Just let them sleep a little bit. And, and maybe even we read ourselves in that story because I do it often where I fall asleep in the middle of praying. But I think that in that story, if you read carefully about why Jesus says it, he says, so that you do not enter temptation. See, in the place of prayer was the place where he knew that they would be strengthened by the Father, just like he was being strengthened by the Father, so that they could withstand the temptation to fall away that they were about to face. Now, we know, of course, that they did fall away, that they did succumb to that temptation. But I think part of the reason is because they weren't engaging with the Father in the place of prayer there. That that is what that place of prayer is meant. It's meant for us, it's meant for us as a place to strengthen us. You see, whenever Jesus was with people, he was constantly pouring out. He was constantly serving, constantly giving. But it was these times alone with the Father that were the only times where he could truly just rest and receive instead of give. This was the one place where there weren't any expectations of him, weren't any needs that he needed to fill, but instead this was the one time where he could simply breathe and receive strength from the Father. You see, I think that this really reminds me of that time whenever Jesus was explaining to the Pharisees about the purpose of the Sabbath and the purpose of rest. What he explains is that the Sabbath was made for man. Man wasn't made for the Sabbath. What that means is that the Sabbath was meant as a time for man to be strengthened and comforted and receive rest. That man wasn't supposed to simply be doing the Sabbath as a duty, but receiving it as a gift. And I think the same is true of prayer. That man was not made for prayer, but prayer was made for man. That this time of prayer in your quiet times isn't meant to be a time where you're serving, and you're giving, and you're pouring out, but it's a time where you are meant to be receiving, receiving strength from the Father, receiving direction from Him, receiving comfort from Him. That these are the times where we can really receive a gift, that we are called here to fulfill a duty or fulfill an obligation. See, these are the times in Jesus' life where He was refreshed by the Father, by spending time with the Father. And you see, there's a reason that I called this series Make Room to be Refreshed, because I, there's something in this word refreshed. Whenever I say that Jesus was refreshed by these times with the Father, I mean it in the sense of the Hebrew word refreshed, which comes from the word nafash. And basically it describes breathing in. And whenever you think about the Hebrew word for spirit, which is ruah, what it means is breath. So whenever we're in these times spending time with the Father, I think that we are refreshed by his spirit. And the way to understand that is that we are surrounded by his breath. We are surrounded by his spirit and we're able to simply breathe in. You see, whenever he asks us to pray, he isn't giving us another to do. Instead, it's just the opposite. He's giving us a chance to put everything on him for a minute, to take all of those to do's and put them on him for just a minute and simply breathe. See, what I want us to do is lose every expectation that we have going into the place of prayer. Everything that we think that we're supposed to be doing, everything that we think that is required of us while we're there. This is the one place where you are not surrounded by people who need you. You are surrounded by God who you need. This is the place where God is looking to serve you and to strengthen you and to lead you. This is the place where you don't have to be uh, feel any weight of expectation, 
but you can simply rest in knowing he loves you. Rest and breathe in. It's only you and God there, and you know that God loves you. God isn't laying an expectation on you. Instead, it's like Jesus at the Last Supper whenever he washed the disciples' feet. He wants to wash you with his word. He wants to wash you and cover you and encourage you, strengthen you and let you rest. These are the times where you can open your heart, share what's going on, share where you're at emotionally. This is the one place where you can be raw and honest and know that you're not going to hurt anybody in the process. God already knows what's in your heart. He accepts you now and there's nothing hidden from him. So you can be honest and open knowing that you'll be accepted at the end of the conversation because you were accepted at the beginning of the conversation. These are the times where you can tell him about things that you're struggling with, things that you're going through. Acknowledge places where you've fallen and you know that you need his help. You can also praise him for the things that he's done for you. These are the places where we can really just let it all out. Talk with him about exactly where you are and exactly what your questions are. He is there to serve you and to love on you because he knows that you need him. We are a people in need of God, in need of his strength. Let's admit it and accept the, the invitation that he's extending to us. And I don't want you to feel uncomfortable about bearing your all. See, even Hebrews tells us that Jesus is able to sympathize with our weaknesses. It says this in Hebrews 4, 15 and 16, that he was in every respect tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I believe that that verse is describing what our quiet times should look like. That these are times where we draw near to the throne of grace to receive mercy and help in our time of need. That these are meant to be times where Jesus serves us because we need him to. Now, if we're honest though about that time in prayer, sometimes it can be difficult to hear his voice in the place of prayer, to really hear him speaking to us but that's exactly what he wants. He wants a conversation with us. And we've got another series where I talk about this, about how do we hear God's voice in the place of prayer, where we, where we actually have a dialogue, actually have a conversation with him. We've called that series Talking With God, and I'll put a link for that below in case that's something that, that you wanna explore just a little bit further. Now, next time, Monica and I are gonna do a discussion where we're gonna talk about what our quiet times look like, and we're gonna get honest about that struggle to hear God's voice in the place of prayer, and how do we get over that struggle, and how do we hear God, and how do, what do our quiet times look like, and how do we engage with God in that way? You'll wanna subscribe and hit the bell so that you don't miss that, but before we go this time, I did wanna share just a little bit about what I like to do. See, personally, I like to get outside. I, I really enjoy spending time outside talking to God. I, I like to maybe go on a walk and basically just talk with him or sit outside on my back porch and, and look at nature um, or maybe go to a, a hiking trail and sit outside and just look at nature and enjoy God's company. And honestly, as I do that, sometimes I feel like I'm able to, in looking at the things that God created, to see something about who God is, to see something about his nature. And Romans 1 talks some about that. And actually, it was on one of these occasions that I felt inspired to write about this exact topic of letting go of busyness so that we can make room in our schedules to spend time with God and to be refreshed by that and also to spend time with him and in my own way, 
spend time outside looking at what he created and learning things about him through what he made. And I wouldn't consider myself a poet, and I wrote this many years ago, but I did write it as a poem. And I thought I'd just put myself out there um, that maybe this would be something that would encourage or inspire you. So I, I wanted to read this for you. I called it The Man in the Crowd. The sun is but quiet, the moon is not loud, the stars almost silent to the man in the crowd. Quick is his pace and fast is his tongue, but slow is his heart to turn out and hear the secret and quiet psalm that is sung. So listen, ye men, put down your thoughts, let go your busy and practical lives, for God has embedded a secret in skies. Unspeakable his nature and tangible his power, but quiet your souls, your heart, and your minds to discover and taste a piece of divine hidden outside. So maybe in all of this, I hope that in some small way, we've maybe found a way to inspire you about spending time with God. And maybe you're not quite there yet, and that's okay. And that's where I maybe want to encourage you to subscribe and hit the bell because next time Monica and I are going to talk about our quiet times and the struggle to be inspired to spend time with God and also the struggle to hear his voice. So I'd encourage you, like I said, to, to maybe join us for that one as well. But either way, I appreciate you spending time with us today and I hope that this was helpful to you. Thank you.